Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks for joining me again today for this very inspiring and educational show. And I know that every week brings its own flavor, and this show is really going to be concentrating on breast cancer and I would like to tell you that um, my guests today are Mark Pilone. He's the executive director of the nonprofit organization, Susan G. Coleman, L.A. County. Welcome to the show, Mark. Well, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Look forward to, look forward to chatting I'll, today. Me too. I love to talk. Well, that's a good name of the show. <laughs> and uh, also, clever. And also joining me today is Terry Brooks. And she is a cancer survivor and founder of the World of Lawnsville. And I want to welcome you to the show today as well, Terry. Hi, Marcia. Thank you for having me. I look forward to chatting on the show with you and Mark today. Perfect. Hi, Terry. (laughs) There you go. Let's just pretend like we're just sitting in my backyard, shall we? So let's. Let's let our audience get to know a little bit about you guys. So I think the best way to do that, because who, who knows you better than you? So, Mark, why don't you just tell our audience a little bit about yourself? We'd like to know more about you. Well, I was born in the covered wagon days. No, uh, I, uh, really? I've been a non Yeah, I've been around a long time. <laughs> but I've been a nonprofit for about um, uh, about 20 years now, and it was never on my radar screen to do this, but it it came to me, and I kind of captured the opportunity, and I have I've I've been able to to be in love with both places that I've worked, which was the Make a Wish Foundation for 10 years as the president CEO of Orange County and the and the Inland Empire, and then I came up to Komen uh, almost eight years ago, and uh, I have been here, and I did some consulting as well in the in the middle of those. But um, I, father of three, married happily 36 years, and I uh, have three grandchildren that are my life and uh, mm-hmm. that I, I, I would do anything in the world for. And uh, they have me wrapped around their finger, and they know that. But I'm cool with that because <laughs> they're, they're great kids. <laughs> so uh, that, mm-hmm. that's pretty much me. Well, that's Pretty, that's pretty darn cool. And certainly, I don't think there's anybody that's listening that hasn't heard of Make-A-Wish. So you've certainly aligned yourself between Make-A-Wish and now with Susan G. Komen, L.A. County, with two exceptional organizations. And that must mean you have a very big heart. And um, I'm, I'm really delighted to have you, you tell us a little bit about yourself, Mark. You know, the, Carrie, your the truth th- is, Marcia, I, I, I was going to – I'm sorry. Um, no. No matter how much I do, <clears throat> I never feel like I'm doing enough. And I get so much out mm-hmm. of this. Anybody that I think is in this business and in this business for the for the, the right purposes, the the satisfaction and the uh 
the, the joy that you get out of every day, just knowing that you might have had a really tough eight hours, but there was ten minutes out of that day that you got to move the needle forward, and you got to make it. You got to make something better for someone. Um, that's the one thing you get in nonprofit that you don't get in corporate, and uh, it feels pretty fabulous. I would agree. I've also been involved in the nonprofit world as well, and you really can't put a price on it. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Terry, Terry, so you and I have become like fast buddies over this process of getting ready for this show. I feel like I have a new best friend. So I, I'm yes, just so indeed. excited for you to – oh, my gosh. So I'm really excited to have you share a little bit about your background as well with our listeners. Yes, I'm a mother of three beautiful daughters, Ajalon, Milan, and Elon, and I am a sports girl. I used to play basketball. I started at the age four um, through college um, and then went from there into wanting to design and have my own businesses. So I was a clothing designer for custom suits for professional athletes. Went from there to designing homes and from there to event planning. So I have a creative brain, creative mindset. Um, but I love sports. So football season coming up, I'm super excited. Basketball season, March Madness, I'm all in. I take the time to relax by watching sports and listening to sports radio. But um, I love going to church. I All three of my daughter's names come right directly from the Bible, so it's my faith that carries me through on my journey each and every day. Terry, my goodness. So we'll have to talk about sports because otherwise I could spend this entire show talking with you about sports. Where did you go to college? I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I was actually accepted to USC, which was my from junior high was my school that I was determined to get in and got accepted, even got a partial basketball scholarship. But my parents were like, we can't afford the rest. I'm like, oh, no, I wanted to be a Trojan. And so I had been recruited from different (laughs) colleges, Washington University, Oregon, and so Columbia. And then I just at that point was so devastated I couldn't go to USC. I just kind of picked the school. But it turned out to be a good journey, and I played basketball for the first year. But by then, I had been playing since four. I was totally burned out with playing, and my whole life was traveling basketball and um, uh, high school basketball. And I finally said, I'm done. I think I've had my share of basketball and got rid of my basketball shoes. There you go. Well, off the air, you and I are going to have a conversation about my WNBA Sparks. All right, but this isn't about oh, basketball today. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, but we're, so today, we're, today is a very personal show. I love what you said, Mark, right at the outset about moving the needle forward um, um, in, um, in the in the in the nonprofit world, and um, I think that that's key. And and you've picked a really exceptional program to do that in. So, could you just for those people that maybe don't even have a background in Susan G. Komen, and hopefully you've read my blog because I do post um, about my guests ahead of time, and I have written a little bit about the history of Susan G. Komen as a global organization, but why don't you tell us a little bit about the mission for the L.A. County Susan G. Komen uh, organization? Well, the, the mission for us actually globally is the, the same, and that's the we're going to save okay. lives and meet critical needs in our community, you know, and investing in 
breakthrough research and science, and then uh, to really prevent and cure breast cancer. We want to end breast cancer forever is our vision. Four simple words, end breast cancer forever. And uh, yes, we started in 1982 when uh, Nancy Brinker promised her sister, who was 36, Susan Komen, that, mm-hmm. and she was Susan died from breast cancer. And Nancy promised her, I will live the rest of my life trying to find an end to this insidious disease. And so Nancy has. She's a, a very seasoned woman at this point in her life and, and has, has spent her life, the last 36 years, concentrating on, on making breast cancer go away through, through marvelous research. Komen is the second largest donor to breast cancer research next to the U.S. government. So uh, we, we're serious. And then uh, on the local level, we started here in California in uh, L.A. in 1996. And we did our first race for the cure then. And we've continued on to, to grant over $10 million to local organizations to help us in our fight with breast cancer by doing uh, mammography or, or, or screening mammography or biopsies or whatever it is that women need. And we have set a bold goal, a really bold goal, uh, across the the U.S. to reduce breast cancer deaths by 50% by 2026. And when you first hear that, it doesn't seem like, well, you know, what's the what's the baseline number? And we have over 42,000 women a year that die from breast cancer in the United States. Wow. We have a thousand just here in Los Angeles County. And there will be 6,000 new cases diagnosed approximately this year in, in, in L.A. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big fight. It's a, we're waging war, and we're waging war in a, in a really significant way that uh, we can make a, a huge difference and get to that 50% goal by 2026. We started in 2016, and we gave ourselves 10 years. So uh, we're moving forward. That's, you know, I don't think there's anyone that hasn't, been touched by breast cancer, either them, either themselves personally, a family member, a neighbor, a friend, someone. Uh, there isn't anybody that hasn't been touched by this. And if it's in your family, as it was in mine, um, then that gives you an, either, an even greater appreciation for research and detection and being... Um, the champion of your own body by making sure you mm-hmm. do the things that you need to do, if indeed you have the resources to do that, which I think is a comma because insurance and paying and some of the things we're talking about isn't necessarily accessible to everyone. And we're going to be talking a lot about what you do um, at, at Komen because um, mobile um, vans that where you can go get a mammography because it's parked at your local library or someplace yeah. um, might be just the answer that saves somebody's life. So we well, will be the, talking about one of the about... things that. Okay, I'm sorry. Go no, you go ahead. One of the things that, that we're that we're really diligent with and and spend a lot of time is we also try to to discover resources for people that 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 have challenges with resources and try to do. Uh, sessions where if somebody doesn't have a strong emotional support system, then there are there are group sessions that we can get them involved in, just so they have to somebody to talk to and know that they're not going through this by themselves. And and we try to find every financial and uh, 
and and other resources that can can help somebody to make this journey. There's no way you're going to make it a great journey. There's no way in in God's green earth you're going to do that. But if you can make it a better journey for them, and improve the quality of their life while they're going through this journey, then we've done our our, our job. Absolutely. So speaking of journeys, Terry, how did you how did you become involved with this um, amazing breast cancer nonprofit organization? I became involved. Uh, my godmother Carol Reed actually. Her girlfriend's daughter is friends with Arnidra, who is a part of Susan G. Komen and the leader of our Circle of Promise organization. And she said, the two of you just have to meet. She knew I had was going through breast cancer at the time, and she said it would be a great opportunity for you to be involved with Susan G. Komen. And she reached out to Arnidra, Arnidra and I, and her mother met at Red Lobster. And just like you and I, she and I became best friends overnight. And so developed a great relationship and she said would you like to be an ambassador and to come out and speak and attend events and so forth and I said by all means after my personal journey I had so much to share and felt like God used me and kind of orchestrated this journey for me to be able to help women going through and encountering what I just had gone through And so from there, I was an ambassador. I would go out and speak, and I would attend the wonderful events, but just gained so much knowledge and so much research information that I had not when I was actually going through. So it was just a breath of fresh air to be a part of this organization. And then um, I met wonderful Mark (laughs) and just Mm -hmm. fell in love with him. And I was like, this is a family. It really, truly is a family. And then from there, I spoke last October at a church and just had an amazing time. And it was very touchy because the pastor had mentioned that a lot of the women there, normally after service, they leave. But this day, particular day, they came over to fellowship. And I guess what I spoke from the heart really touched a lot of the women who not only were going through breast cancer, but heart disease and diabetes. And they really wanted to hear more about what I had to say. And so from there on, they sent a really nice email to Mark. And from there on, Mark reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be a spokesperson for Susan G. Coleman. And I said, by all means, a dream come true. Oh, that's a beautiful We've done television story. shows together. <laughs> yes, that's, we have. That's, 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 well, you, you know what? Okay, so if people are looking at this, and I know you've heard this before, but I looked at your picture, Mark, and I went, oh, my gosh. He looks like Emeril Lagasse. I'm just saying, because that's who I thought of as soon as I saw your face. And probably okay, this is, this is funny. Now, this is funny. Actually, okay. 25 years ago, I was hired by uh, Coco's Restaurant to do a chef's commercial for them, and it was in the style of, bam, you know, of Emeril Lagasse. Oh, wow. So there you go. <laughs> that's and so I cook, but not anywhere near that well. That's so oh funny. That, could you really remind me of him? And my gosh, if you have to, if you have to go to my website um, or Facebook or wherever and see how magnificently beautiful Terry is, because she's a beautiful woman. Oh, but I think it's heart. really you are. But I think it would be great to have you just. I think your breast cancer journey is an important one, Terry. And not everyone has the same journey. Everybody doesn't get land in the same come come that journey this the same way but i would like it if you could just 
tell us about your journey um, with breast cancer. Of course, Marcia. In 2014, I started feeling and noticing a lump in my right breast. And just hands down, in my spirit, I said, this has to be breast cancer. I just felt it. And I, there was a little bit of delay, but I did go and get a mammogram um, and then went to have my mammogram, and they said that they could see a lot of calcium deposits, and, but they didn't see anything else. I said, but I really feel something. And they said, okay, but out of routine, when you say you feel something, they have to automatically call you back in and do a second mammogram. Went for a second mammogram, and they said, we still can't see anything. And like you said, seeing the x-ray again, calcium deposits. So to this day, I'm not even sure who said, you know what, you need to go out to Corona Imaging Center, and they will find it. And sure enough, made an appointment, switched my insurance, went to Corona Imaging, and they did an ultrasound mammogram and found it right away. And that day, Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. But coming to find out because I was diagnosed with um, ductal carcinoma in site 2, when you Mm -hmm. see the calcium deposits, that's what it is. That is breast cancer. So, and later I was educated through once again. Go ahead, Marcia. I'm sorry to interrupt, but... It, it, is it pronounced in site two and C two? Is it, it, it's one and the same, right? It's pronounced differently by some. By some, it's the in, this yes. breast cancer that you developed is, if you were ever going to pick one, that's the one you want because it's all encapsulated. If I understand that correctly, is that true? It's all with it's, it that doesn't have correct. margins outside. That okay, all right. So go, go ahead because. Uh, I've been, I okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I I do interrupt and I apologize. And I don't want to. Oh, I don't want fine. to lose your, no, train, no, of, you're fine. your train of thought. Okay. So now no, you've been diagnosed. It's, with it's it. good for um, the audience to understand what the it's in site two, but some people say in sit two, but it's okay because mm-hmm. it is confined uh-huh. in the uh, the duck duck women that women have, and so it kind of is confined in one area where it doesn't spread, whereas you have a triple negative that is more aggressive. Celtocarcinoma is not as aggressive, so it's easier to um, treat. It's easier to come up with a plan or maybe decide what plan you want to come up with versus triple negative. You need to start moving right away to decide what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So there you are with this diagnosis, but that isn't the only thing that's going on in your life at this time, is it? No, not at all. At the same time, I'm going through a divorce and trying to figure out how to, as a mother of three small children, how am I going to maintain? How am I going to survive? Am I going to be able to stay in my home? Because we had a a wonderful life that we live, and now things are almost turned upside down, and now it's me trying to fend for three little children, being diagnosed with breast cancer, and then trying to figure out how am I going to um, tell my girls, you know, what are their responses. At the time, my little one was five, graduating from kindergarten, then I had a seven-year-old and nine-year-old, and because my blood was so low, I literally left from her graduation for kindergarten, went right to my primary doctor to have an EKG, got them situated, went to the hospital to have um, a blood transfusion, and the next day I had the surgery to remove the tumor. So everything kind of moved rather quickly um, that day once my surgery was scheduled. 
and I just from there on had the support of my family and church members, Friendship Baptist Church, let alone the girls' school, um, and my close girlfriends to help take us in and then care for me while I was recovering. But it was a lot on my plate, but um, that's why I'm here today to share and to speak and to spread the word, not only comfort and care for women having to go through similar journeys as myself. You know, it's very interesting um, what you've just described in your journey. Mine was slightly different because um, I was older than you and my mother. Well, I don't know, maybe not. Um, I Actually, I was, I was, I guess I was in my 30s when my mother died. And um, and from that point forward, we're talking quite a lot of many years ago, I too went from just having a mammogram to having ultrasounds because of cystic breasts, like perhaps what you were describing. And while that might sound personal and a little bit like Marsha, that's a little bit of an overshare, in reality, information, in my opinion, is not an overshare. And if you've been touched by this in any way, then you need to know what you need to know. And ultrasounds were absolutely part of my yearly um, um, thing going forward. And, and I didn't live in the same part of – I lived in I live in Westchester, and there was this, this – what's her name? Uh, Crow um, was the woman that um, – the, 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 the singer. Cheryl Crow? Cheryl Crow. She had a really bright – she had a big breast – cancer um, organization in Beverly Hills and um, so there are a peep, there, there's, there are resources and I think that's important for people to know yes we are local we could all be sitting together in Starbucks but people are listening from all over the country and you need to know that, that Susan G. Komen can be reached wherever you live by just simply going to Komen and that's I'm going to spell that for some that may not know it's k o m e n dot org. So make sure you check out Komen dot org if you're not li- living close by. Otherwise, you would go to Komen l a county dot org to hear about what Mark is doing in their organization. So your your girls were really young, and then you went through a reconstruction process. Is that what you did next after you had your your um, cancer removed? That is correct. I opted to do um, a mastectomy, a double mastectomy, because I did not want to do chemotherapy or radiation. My mother was um, diagnosed, not really diagnosed with breast cancer, but that is what she had. And I was the one taking her to her chemotherapy appointments and her radiation appointments and saw the damage that it did to her. And so just my own personal journey, I decided to do everything naturally. I don't go out to tell women to do that. I said it's up to you um, to decide which treatment is best for you. But I decided to do alkaline water and turmeric and apricot kernels and so forth and then do a double mastectomy because it was just located and did not spread. It did spread to my lymph nodes, so I had to get those removed. But throughout my body, it did not. So I opted to do that uh, for my personal treatment. That's pretty dramatic, isn't it? I mean, you hear you hear a lot of women that that you like. You say you've got these three young children, and by removing your breasts, obviously, I mean it sounds obvious to me. Maybe I'm saying things that I don't know. I don't have a doctor shingle, 
Uh, you remove your breast. <laughs> I don't think you can get breast cancer if you don't have a breast. So, um, and if you didn't go through all the chemo, um, this sounds like the process that worked best for you. But what advice would you give other women that might be going through this same process? I would tell them to just really decide what's best for them. I tell women when I go out to speak, no matter what it is, if you're going to decide to do chemo, if you're going to do a mastectomy, if you're going to take off both breasts or one breast, there's so many different variables and variations when this journey, you know, keeps going. You have to be able to say Mm -hmm. what's best for me. Um, And because you have so many people saying, okay, are you going to take off your breasts? Are you going to do this? And they're coming at you, and it's a whirlwind. It really is. But I really had to in my own personal quiet time and through prayer say, what is best for you? And this was my decision. And I remember I went right from my appointment with a mentor and a girlfriend, and I called my mother to tell her, hey, I decided to do double mastectomy. And she bursted out into tears. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to remove your breast? Because for me, it was about this is the best option for me. And not that it wouldn't mm-hmm. come back if I removed my breast, but this is just something I wanted to do, and it was the best decision for me. So I just always tell women, you know, decide what's best for you for you and think about, okay, what are the long term? Because when I was going through reconstruction, I never did any research. I didn't want to know. I didn't know that it was painful. I didn't know what to expect. I pretty much went into it blindsided, and afterwards I remember my mom saying, this is why I never spoke about it, because there are some women who opt not to do reconstruction because it is painful. Honestly, and I speak you know, honestly to women, and I tell them the worst pain I've probably ever experienced, and I've had three cesareans, but I would mm. do it all over again. You would. I really would. That, that's, I would. That, that's, that's important information for people to know because you do speak from experience. Mark, when we talk about um, the services that you provided Susan G. Komen, it's it's pretty remarkable. And I know we could probably spend an entire hour talking about the services that you provide, but I think they're really important, and I think that it would be great if you could touch on some of the services that you do provide um, through Susan G. Komen, L.A. County. Well, as of about... Three hours ago, I was here by myself before everybody came in at around uh, 8.30 or 9, four hours ago, and I answered the phone, and it was a young lady who was pretty upset, and um, I said, what, you know, are, are you okay? And she said, um, I, I found a big lump. And I said, okay, what, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, how old are you and where do you live? And normally I wouldn't ask a woman how old she is, but in this instance, I, I need to. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I took her name and I took her number and I said, you know what, give me about an hour and I will call you back and I'll tell you where the best place close to you is to go get a, a, a mammogram. I said, but if you found a lump already, I said, you probably won't be getting a screening mammogram. You'll be getting a diagnostic mammogram. I said, do you need anything else? She goes, no, 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 no. I, I've got insurance and everything. I said, okay, I just, you know, want you to know you, you'll you'll get through this. And it, it's like a, a a lot of times because I am here in the morning by myself. I come in pretty early because I live in Orange County, and the freeway drive is crazy after 6 a.m. So I come in like at five yeah. o'clock. And a lot of mm-hmm. times I'll get these calls early in the in the morning. 
And, you know, I'm, I sit here and think about it even afterward. It's like, my God, what, what would I do? What would I do if it was, well, you know, my, my, one of my daughters or my wife or my granddaughter or an, an aunt or, or a sister, you know? And so we think about all the things that we can do for them. We, we, we try to educate them. Number one, we try to just say, we're here for you, which is, a, I think, something in and of itself has, some, has merit to it. You, you don't have to go through this alone. We'll try to help navigate you through some things if you need that. We'll try to uh, make sure that, you know, if, if you need down the road, you may see that you need a, a help with a deductible. We have some resources to help with a, a deductible. Or we can provide transportation because we've got a great relationship with Lyft to get you to your doctor's appointments and, and, and back home, any of your medical appointments. Mm-hmm. And uh, we grant money to Project Angel Food. I can call Richard over at Project Angel Food and say, we have a newly diagnosed patient here, and she's having a she's single. She's having a tough time financially with all of this, and they'll make her special meals. And it's not like Meals on on Wheels. It's it's much more couture and and gourmet than that. They'll they'll wow. fix meals around this woman's uh, you know with a nutritionist on what she needs. And so we we try to we try to lessen the blow as much as we can. And just let you know that we're here for you. I'll, I'll have another survivor call you if, if you if you need some encouragement that day. Whatever we can do to make it a little bit easier for you. We do that through, uh, there's a multiple of programs. I mean, you know, we do our, our education and we do that at, at, at various, at LA Care with HealthNet and all kinds of other uh, providers. But Terry uh, alluded to the Circle of Promise a little while ago. We just had a, a, a great Circle of Promise event um, Saturday. It's called Worship in Pink, and it's where all the first ladies from a lot of the uh, congregations or the women that are heading up the uh, their 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 health and wellness uh, committees come in, and mm-hmm. it's to train the trainers so we can train them about breast cancer 101, help dispel the myths, and then they'll go back and in October they will produce some kind of an event around breast cancer awareness for their whole congregation, so all the women of the church can know about it. So that way. We're a small staff of six by utilizing the forces that are out there. And these are women that are, that are, that are dedicated. Many of them are survivors themselves, or like you said, know someone, because you almost have to live under a rock not to know someone that's had breast cancer. Right. It's one in eight women, you know. And um, they go back to their own congregations and, and, and share that word and share the education and the materials and everything else with them. So in October, we can reach thousands and thousands and thousands of women by working with the community in in a, a real hand holding way that we go after this go after this disease as a you know what was that game where we used to all play on the playground where you held hands and and ran towards the other team? Do you remember that? Oh yes, uh, yes I and, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but um, that's that's how we try Terry? to envision ourselves. We're like that. We're like that ch- human chain that's holding hands and we're right. going we're going at this with all the all the power and the might that we can. We have a special program for our Latina sisters, Unidas and Rosa, which is United in Pink, and um, and just trying to, to, like I said, constantly work with broadcast media, with, with print, with billboards, any way we can to get the word out there about what it is that you can do for yourselves. And, you know, you mentioned a little mm-hmm. while ago about needing so so desperately to be a good advocate for yourself and as Terry was saying, 
educate yourself, educate yourself, educate yourself. There is such an advantage mm-hmm. today just by your phone. We have a we have a great app that you can get all kinds of references on. But just by your phone, you can find out so much about something. And, you know, 15 years ago, we didn't have that advantage. You know, you, you, you had to trust your doctors a lot more. There weren't other opinions out there. You didn't know other stories. Now you can find those things out, and we're here for you. Use us. You know, the other thing, Mark, that I think is really important, like you just said, the advancement of technology is truly at our fingertips today. Currently, that wasn't the situation when my mom was ill. But I think the other thing and the overarching thought is do not be paralyzed by the fear. Actually embrace the fact that you might get and are likely to get good news. And that one in eight, yeah, that's a pretty staggering number. But if you if you don't do the things necessary to keep yourself safe and you think, number one, I'm too afraid to find out, or number two, oh, this won't happen to me, you're really missing an opportunity that not only will save your life, it will help help you um, with with your own family. You know, I can remember it's so it's so interesting that pink is is that color that we associate with the pink ribbon. When my mm-hmm. mother was so ill, and and she had metastatic breast cancer that went to her mm-hmm. liver, and so she had that big full liver that needed to be um, con- continually drained. I would go to her house. And if I saw any kind of smile on her face, just because I was there, I was able to mirror back my relief and smile it right back to her. And I always wore pink. My mother Mm. loved the color pink. We're talking about a long time ago. I mean, a really, really long time ago. My mother died in 1989. And oh, wow. uh, we just didn't, I know, and we just didn't have this kind of information then. But it's it's interesting how, I don't know what it is about pink, but there's just something soothing about that color. And, and it's, it's, um, joy, it's I, a joyous I'm, color. It yeah. is. It's a joyous it, color. It, it truly, truly is. And I think it's, I think education, as you mentioned, Mark, is, and, and you, Terry, that it is key. And if your doctor doesn't have all the information, because let's face it, whatever on the left hand might not mention the right hand. Somebody yep, might say right. to, you, to you, you know what, the last thing in the world I would ever want is having a mammogram where you're going to press my breast in a, in a vice and squish those muscles and things all over the place, and now you've just spread it everywhere. You know, there are lots yeah. of opinions about how – how to proceed, but there are options, and we as women, and we're going to talk about men too in a little while, how we do have options of doing this, but doing nothing is not the option. And no. I think that that, and I think that you are a model, Terry, for your own young daughters as they've observed you going through this this situation. So you mentioned that. Um, that you have, and I've mentioned that you had a nonprofit, and that it's called the World of Lonsville. 
And I yes. I know the answer to this, but I just think it's so cool. <laughs> and that is how you actually came up with the name for your nonprofit. The world of Blondesville, very dear to my heart, named after my three beautiful daughters, Ajalon, Milan, and Elon. Each name ends in L-O-N. So I came mm-hmm. up with it. They're the Lawn Girls, and it's the world of Lawnsville. And initially when I came up with the, the idea, it really wasn't even targeted to breast cancer. It was more so that my girls could be able to do anything in this world to not only achieve and accomplish anything that they desire, dream, and hope for, but to also in the process to help out those in need. We were going out feeding the homeless. We would make sure they got showered. We would help out women who were single moms because that was my journey. There were times when it's like, okay, how are we going to get food or what are we going to – even though we had family and a great support system, I was so used to doing everything myself. But then as I became um, a part of this whole breast cancer journey, then that was incorporated as well to the world of Lonsville and then just took off from there. But it is named after my daughters, and my hope is that as I keep going that they will get involved and take over down the road to not only – um, enhance um, the breast cancer world and to help end this crazy disease that we want to go away, but to also make sure women are comfortable, educated, filled with knowledge, and to feel safe and secure on their journey. Well, it's, it's, cool. yes, go ahead, Mark. Add to that. No, I was just going to ask her if, since my last name is P-I-L-O-N, can I be an honorary member? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Think of that. You oh heard it. You have to jump on those opportunities when they arise, you know. <laughs> most yes, you most yes, definitely. You you really do. And you know, at some point I'm going to link you guys to a woman that lives locally in Playa del Rey. And I I'm not certain that she is still operating her organization, but it's called Helen's Room. And I don't know if you've heard of this. But she provides wigs to breast cancer people because, as you know, many times what happens, especially if you go through chemo, that hair leaves you, and now what? You're going to walk around with a scarf. And what if you just don't want to walk around with a scarf or you don't know how to do your eyebrows because now you don't have any eyebrows? And I I will check in to see if Helen's room is still operational and because that is something I don't know if you guys provide that, but that is that is her sole intent. Have you heard of that? Either yeah. one of you? I, that Have you heard of her? Familiar to me. And yes, we try to give references for that, for uh, for women that don't want to have reconstruction, uh, prosthetic bras. Um, mm-hmm. We have some tattoo artists that are are willing to help women if they want to have their eyebrows uh, oh. tattooed back on and things like that. So. We have all those kinds of resources that we try to we try to get for people. Like I said, we just we can't change the journey. We can't no. we can't make the journey go away, but we can make try to make the quality of your life. I mean, I I can't imagine and and you know, I'm I'm losing my hair and I'm hating it in a big way. But if I had mm-hmm. to if if I was a female that that lost my breast, which is a certain amount of feminine identity, and then you're bald and your hair is another feminine identity, how how does that feel? You know, I can't even right. imagine how 
It's got to be discouraging. Yes, you're glad you're still alive and you're still here, but the bottom line is you can't be you. You've gained weight because of chemo. You know, there's all those there's all those things, and it's 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 one of those things where it's it's got to be a tough battle for a lot of women not to to, uh, to you know to get up every day and 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 see the changes that they have no control over. Dieting, if you're on chemo, isn't going to necessarily do anything other than make you hungry. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's right. it's tough, and we just want to make that as easy as we can. Well, that's that's wonderful, and I and I mean that's why when you get up every morning and you go into work, Mark, just like today, just like today, and with that lady calling and you being there to take that call, I can I am certain that that's not the first time that's ever happened. And no. when you're scared and you just need somebody to talk to. How how lovely that you, that you could be there, and uh, Terry, back to the world of Lawnsville. I do want to let people know that you also have a website, and I'll make sure that it goes into my um, to my blog about the show. But people can simply type world all one word world of l o n s v i l l e dot org. And by going to the world of Lawnsville, people can then see some of the things that you're doing. Both of your websites are really outstanding. And I know, I listen, I'm in the website world, too. We're always upgrading and we're always learning how we can do yes. more. Your <laughs> phone numbers are – and I get that, too. I mean, that's just the reality of where we are today. Um, your phone numbers are listed there. Um, your, your email is listed there. And I know that you are both – easily accessible and that that's really really important and here we sit the the what are we the second week or third week of august if you count the first thing on thursday <laughs> yeah, wow and october i <laughs> know oh my gosh and october is just around the corner and you i'm sure everyone does know that um october is national breast cancer awareness month it's hard not to know that because it is always covered in the news, in the media, and it's important. And since it's just around the corner, I know, Mark, that there are a lot of activities planned during the month that address, as you had said early, earlier, education, early detection, early treatment, celebrating the battle with the disease with others, living with metastatic, I can metastatic i can i i know it's metastasized i don't know why i struggle with that word you know what it's so funny i had the same challenge with that word uh metastatic because really? everybody knows oh did did, did it metastasize yes. and you know exactly. i don't know how many years it took me to say that correctly but it metastatic just it just was it hard for me to yeah and honest <laughs> I, this is going to sound silly i didn't no. connect those two things i didn't know that metastatic was a level of disease i just knew that something had metastasized meant that it moved oh. i didn't know that metastatic breast cancer was a stage of breast cancer that's stage four and above and i was that's like right oh. Neither did I, I you know i connected yeah. those dots <laughs> i you know one of my very Never favorite learning. things that i say you know what because i'm as silly as this sounds it makes sense to anybody that's listening you don't know what you don't know and sometimes yeah. you don't right. even know what you're supposed to ask because you don't know. So I get that. Um, let's talk. Let's spend a little bit of time. I know this hour is just going to fly by us. Um, but I, can you just briefly tell us about some of the things that are going on 
um, and, and and when and where so that um, and and let me let me before I even let you jump into that let me also just throw out another uh, website for those of you that are listening that will be talking about a lot of these things and this is a really sensational uh, website by the way it's called Pink Saves S A V E S dot com forward slash events and and what you're gonna you know just tell us about um, those can all be found for those people that do that do live close so give us a mm-hmm. little hint as to what's coming up in October. Well, we've right now what we have we do have various uh, uh, mobile mammography events all around the county. So as an individual, you can go to our Coleman LA County website and find those. But we have a great relationship, a really phenomenal relationship with the Citadel and uh, the the Craig Realty Group that owns the Citadel. Uh, Steve Craig, a couple of years ago, decided to put a he wanted to have the world's largest pink ribbon. So on the top of the citadel, which is that on, on the five, and it looks like a, a pyramid, a ziggurat. Um, there is Let a me 70- interrupt. Let me interrupt because this is listening. This is being heard across the country. This is not a college. Oh, that, okay. Just so, so <laughs> that people know that the citadel is um, a large shopping center. Am I right? Yes, it is. It's a shopping outlet. Okay, all right. Not the military okay, citadel, shopping, okay. but citadel shopping. Correct. In, 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 okay, in Los so Angeles. Now go on. Yes, go anyway, ahead. it's just a gorgeous <laughs> old building, and he had constructed a 70 foot, 76 foot long pink ribbon that goes on top of the building for the whole month that can be seen from literally miles around because it's done with those little palettes, which are like little sequins. And these are just three by three inches. And to fill that, it took 76,000 of these little pieces of shiny plastic and pink so that it glitters wow. like on a sparkless truck all the time. And it's, it's just it's mesmerizing. But they do um, – we've got a, a great fashion show on October 6th at the Citadel. And there will be uh, – all of the models are survivors, uh, breast cancer oh, survivors. Nice. And some of their, some of their uh, co-survivors with them, their husbands or maybe their kids or their grandkids – and then uh, uh, a pancake walk and 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 a fundraiser on October 12th. So that's for $25. You get a walk. Uh, you get to be part of a 5K walk. And then there's a free uh, free pancake breakfast afterwards sponsored by Ruby's. And then uh, we have Dine Out for the Cure, which is going to – there's a tremendous amount of restaurants that are involved with this. I know BJ's is involved and, and, and other restaurants around the – around L.A. County, um, that you go in that night and there will be a special where you can purchase a certain menu item and part of the cost of that comes back to uh, Susan G. Komen. And like I said, and then we also, at the Citadel, we also have uh, uh, mammogram events on October 18th, 19th, and 20th. And if you go to that pinksaves.com, you can see Mm -hmm. that and uh, you can sign up right on Pink Saves and uh, sign up for your mammogram, and we should be able to do 150 in those three days. Oh, I think, is there a charge? No, 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 no. It's free. No, no, no. It's free. As you just said, hello, pay attention. It's a free mobile <laughs> mammogram. <laughs> yes, that's what happens if you don't pay attention. I think you did Maybe. say, and it's free. So yeah. it's, an, it's a wonderful opportunity for women. And, you know, Things have changed a lot in this world of mammography. 
At what age now is the general consensus that a woman should have her first um, mammogram? We we believe that 40 years old, and we're seeing more and more younger women, so that's why we believe so so strongly and so firmly in 40 years old is when you need to start doing that on a regular basis. If you've got a strong family history uh, or uh, have the BRCA gene or anything like that, start getting at least clinical exams by your uh, family physician or your OBGYN in your 30s. Nobody will deny you a physical exam, right. a, 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 a clinical exam. Nobody's going to deny you that. And if you've got a lump, if something doesn't feel right, um, then then go have it looked at. Don't don't let it. And if you feel after you've been examined by a doctor and they say, oh, you're too young for that, don't worry about it, but it still doesn't feel right to you, find another doctor. Right. Because you have to be an advocate for yourself. I know way too many younger women that have been diagnosed that really, really should have been diagnosed much earlier because they were mm-hmm. kind of vigilant themselves, but they, they took their doctor's word for it. And then seven months later, they, they go back again to somebody else, and now it's stage three or it's stage two, where that it could have been something that was caught very, very early on. If you have a gut feeling, follow that gut because we, we were given that feeling for a reason. And, you know, the other thing that you need to be mindful of, and like I said now, I didn't get my medical degree anywhere, is not only the breast area, you should be feeling under your armpit too. Am I right? Yeah, well, the breast tissue goes from the collarbone to the bottom of the rib on men and women. Men have breast tissue. And then from the sternum all the way under under the arm. So we all have a lot of breast tissue. And breast, breast cancer does not just happen in the mammary glands. And that's what I think everybody's misnomer is. That is the most common place for it to start on women. But it's not the it's not exclusive to that. We can get breast yeah, cancer I don't think, anywhere in that breast tissue. Right. I I don't think people knew that. And you know, yep. speaking speaking of that, and all of a sudden it's going to be oh my gosh, this show's going to be over. I I want to get to another mm-hmm. subject because this is so important to you, Terry. Tell us who Betty Lou is, and tell us about the Betty Lou fight with no fear breast no fear cancer boxes let's talk about that betty lou is my beautiful mother who um, passed away last year from metastatic breast cancer and i found out all of what she was going through through susan g coma Uh it was the knowledge and the resources and the um meetings that I attended that I just soaked up everything that I was learning and that they were teaching and sharing. And I was going to my mother's support group and never received any, well, not, not, I shouldn't say I didn't receive any information. I received information, but not to the level of what Susan G. Komen offers. So when I realized what my mother was living with, we were trying to get her to doctors and so forth. But um, in March, she passed away. She lost her life, but she was definitely a fighter. So my goal prior to my mother passing was to give women something, whether they were leaving the hospital with a mastectomy or going through treatment or ending their last treatment, but to celebrate them and to let them know that you too can fight with no fear to persevere. So once my mother passed away, I switched the name to Betty Lou's Fight with No Fear Cancer Boxes because she was a fighter. 
and she always had the best interest for everybody else, even when she was going through treatment or even when she was at at the lowest point with her immune system being attacked because her white blood count was always down. So this box is very dear to me. I haven't started production Mm -hmm. because I need to get it out because I want to give portion back to Susan G. Komen, but I'm waiting for Memorial, um, Long Beach Memorial. I will be partnering with the Todd Center to make sure I get in there to help celebrate women with balloons, these boxes for their last treatment, and then also to incorporate Susan G. Komen so we can help in this crazy disease, as I always call it. But this box has so many different variables in it, and Mark talked about we're going to put some other things in as well, but there could be a mug, there can be a mellowing out jazz CD in there, there's the breast cancer crystal deodorant, there's chapstick, there's, um, well, lip balm or whatever. I just, I always make mm-hmm. them different um, mm-hmm. just to give to women and to see the, the their light, the eyes of the women that just light up. It's like a ray of sunshine when they receive these boxes. And I really didn't think they were that big of a deal until I started going out speaking and um, telling, you know, organizations, hey, you can auction it off or whatever you want to do. And to see the women who receive the boxes, it just really touched my spirit. So now that it's named after my mother to honor her legacy, is just, uh, I, I can't even put it into words. I'm, and just so that I understand the progression between you and your mother, were you diagnosed with breast cancer prior to your mother? After my mother. So when my mother after was diagnosed, mother. they never really diagnosed it as breast cancer. And that's where I was educated through Susan G. Komen. They actually diagnosed her with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which it metastasized to that, where it went down to her neck and then other areas. But originally, it was in the breast. So through I research see. and information, like I said, being a part of Susan G. Komen is when I found, oh, my goodness, she did have mm-hmm. breast cancer. It just metastasized, and she was living with metastatic breast cancer. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Very interesting, um, Mark, yes. It, it is. And, Mark, you mentioned something also um, that it's not – I thought you said something that was very important about, you know, breast cancer doesn't just mean what we traditionally call our breast. It, it, it goes to the sternum, like you said, and it goes down, and it's our armpits, and it's all breast tissue, mm-hmm. men or women, because in reality exactly. – Men men do get breast cancer too, not as often, right? But men can not as get often. Breast no, it's cancer, about one but... in one hundred, not one in eight. But the okay. bottom line is, we still men can still be diagnosed with it, and uh, it's unfortunate because there's you you would think that this wouldn't be existing in 2019, but there are still some taboos and some uh, some stigma about it because you know men might think, well, you're getting breast cancer, that must yeah, that must mean something else, buddy, you know. Right. And you just go, right. really? So there's there's yeah. a, a, a a reticence about saying anything about it or going to see. Number one, most guys aren't great about going to the doctor anyway, you know. Right. And then when we do, we cry a lot. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, when we do go, but, um, you know, we're not good about things. That's like, ah, it's, you know, maybe I bumped it. Yeah, maybe I, I just have a, you know, maybe there's wild hair. Maybe blah, blah, blah. But we'll find all the excuses for everything else except rather just saying, okay, this is weird. This doesn't belong on my body. Let me go get this checked out. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, oftentimes it's not it's not stage one that men are discovered in. Oftentimes it is a little bit uh, later. 
And uh, to Terry's point about her, her, her mom going into metastatic, we've been working with the metastatic community really, really strongly here in the last seven years here at Komen LA and have been doing a conference for seven years. And we, we kind of started that whole ball rolling with, with Komen. And now there's about 30 different uh, affiliates that are all doing uh, metastatic conferences now on various levels and luncheons and educational, you know, lunch and learns and things like that for the metastatic community. Ours is a, ours is a pretty sophisticated conference at this point, but um, is it's it on January 5th. Is that the one January the 5th? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. It's City of Hope. And we we really ask that metastatic patients come on down because you come over for the day to City of Hope. There's a beautiful luncheon and everything else, but it gives you the opportunity to sit with women who are are going through the same things that you're going through, and it's it's sometimes I don't want to say it's a relief, but there's a there's a certain comfort that comes with knowing you're not the only one dealing with this. You're not you, you're not alone in this battle. That there are right. other women and and you can you can learn maybe some tricks or some pearls from from somebody. There are, we have uh, researchers that speak about the newest research and trials that are available, and then. Uh, a panel of, of, of brilliant doctors and, and educators uh, and researchers that answer all kinds of questions. So there's there's Wonderful. all sorts of opportunities to learn and grow and find out, again, how you might be able to improve the quality of your life even a little bit more in some areas. And this is at the City of Hope and Duarte? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes. So, you know, what, what we will do, because I realize that that's the first of the year, but I'm going to stay connected to the two of you, and I'm going to do all that I can to continue to get that word out to my social media. I've liked your pages, and I recommend that others go to your pages and and like them as well. And I know that that might sound weird to some people, but when you're in the world that you and I are in as far as the social media aspect of it, those likes matter because whoever you like, somebody that, that your friends with might decide to like it as well. And you don't have to live in Los Angeles County um, no. to, to take part in that. And I think that that's, 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 that's really important. And I also think that you probably both would always welcome volunteers in either one of your organizations. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yes. Like I said, there are There's six of us here to cover this. That- Big county of almost 11 million people. So, uh, yes, we use a lot of volunteers. And, again, just go to our website, comanlacounty.org, and there's a section on volunteering. You can fill out a volunteer application and and call in Mm -hmm. and schedule an orientation. And there's all kinds of opportunities to be a speaker, and we need help in the office or, or, you know, being part of the the More Than Pink Walk that we're going to be doing on February 29th at Dodger Stadium. So there's all kinds of things you can be involved in here to, to help us move the needle. And let's not also forget that you would never uh, turn down a monetary donation. And certainly if anybody is listening and would like to make a contribution, there's the way that you can do that on your websites as well. Right, right on the website. And there's a big old Donate Now exactly. button. There you go. <laughs> donate Now. And I just, you know, can I say something Carrie, real fast, Marcia? Is that okay? Got, please, yes. Oh, yes. I I have um, part of the world of Lonsville, what we do and at the end of the year, but throughout the year, is we make sure we have events and we take out children who have lost their mothers to breast cancer 
And at the end of the year, we have an annual Christmas party to love on these children and to make sure we can't replace their mothers, but we want to be along the journey with them. But I am here, please, please send me the children. I try to get it out and get the word out. If you know anyone who lost these little kids, I have little kids from 3 up to 12, but even through 18, if anyone knows of children who have lost their mother to breast cancer or even their father, please let the world of Lonsville know we're here for those children and we want to support them in any way. I take them to the Rams game, thankfully to Mark. He has a connection. We had a fabulous time. We go to the Cal State Fullerton basketball games. They allow us in practice and just, just fun events. I'll ask them, what do you want to do? And then we try to make it happen through the donations that are sent throughout the country, the world, the cities, our states. So I just want to kind of do that as a side note. I really wanted you to say that because I have some connections because I told you we're into the spark where I'm in basketball. I have some connections with the sparks and, you know, there could be people listening that could be saying, you know what? Um, I had, I had an organization called top sale. They're in San Pedro and they take groups Mm -hmm. of kids out. Oh my gosh. You know, really we need to, when I say use, I don't mean use like abuse use. I mean, we need to mobilize our resources on who we know and who might be in just the place that could provide both the women and men that may be suffering right now and those family members that are so scared. I was so scared, and mm-hmm. I wasn't a child. And I just kept looking at my dad like, fix this, Dad. This is mom. Come on. She's not Mm. even 62 years old. Fix this. And it was like, I'd love to, you know, Um, and we are fixing it. And that is that global goal. And I don't want to lose sight of the fact in my notes that I won't be able to read once we hang up that by 2026, the goal is to reduce the amount of women on men breast cancer. Let's just not call it women. Let's just to reduce breast cancer. By 50%, right? Yeah. 50%. And yeah. the only way that's going to happen is through the diligence of our medical field and for people getting early detection and, and engaging and learning about what they can do to be their own advocate. And I just think that what you guys are doing is so important, so, so very important. I don't intend to lose contact with you. In fact, I intend to actually work closer with you. And I often have my guests repeat on my show. And I don't see any reason why six months from now we don't get together again to see where we are now. And it's just, it's been an honor. I'm honored to have had you join me uh, on my show today. Truly, it's been inspiring and it's been educational that both of you have taken your time out of your very busy days to be a guest on my show. I'm so grateful. Well, thank you kindly for having us. It's been a blessing. It really has. And enjoyable. It's just like you said, sitting around just having coffee and talking. Yeah, and we'd love to do that. I think it would be terrific. And there you go. And you know what? If people are living, you know, actually, your office, uh, Mark, is very, very close to where I live. And I, I I need to figure out what I could do to find some volunteers that could just, you know, you know the kind of thing I love to do? I'm going to just tell you what I love to do. I'm that person that likes to be in the sign-in table. 
oh, you're here for the event. What's your last name? Okay, you're at table four. I love doing that, of course. <laughs> that that just got, never that just got that. chiseled in stone, just so you know, okay? Oh, and I have your number. <laughs> you do. And so here's the good news, bad news, Mark, because somebody comes up and all they want is their table number, and it's like, do you know who I wait? Who wait? Where are you from? And it's like a lady. There's a fifty thousand people standing behind her in line. Talk to her after. Move it along. So you kind of you kind of get a little bit of that when you get kind of get that when you get me. But I'm very happy to assist you in things like that, and to also connect will, you to some of the people that I know. I will at least know. Oh, I will at least know she handles Perfect. her volunteers. All righty. Well. Thank you so much for your time. Terry, go pick up your kids from school. Mark, thank you for, for both of you just joining me. I feel like I have two friends. My hand is like clutching over my heart. So for yes. everybody that, that listened today, I hope that you also feel as inspired as I do. And with that, I'm going to just say goodbye, play a little outgoing music, and let you guys move on with your day. Thanks again. Thank you so, so much. So very God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. Pleasure. Bless. Thank you.